people could do one thing, one thing, what would you have them do? And my response is volunteer. Find something you love to do, something you're passionate about, and get out there and volunteer because you're going to find yourself elbow to elbow who care about the same thing you do. But the people who see you volunteering, who have no interest in what you're doing, oh, it's a pet charity, I could care less. But they know just by virtue of the fact that you're giving your time that you're a good person. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Borough District, just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. This is Brett. Uh, Today we have networking trailblazers in the house. Listeners, you may feel the term networking have been it's been overused however it's still a critical component to our work world whether we're trying to build a business uh, gain an employment today let's welcome two very successful business entrepreneurs and networkers and both have been on the front lines helping others in our community gain networking skills and contacts let's welcome first of all ken lazar he is the ceo of the ability professional network it's focusing is on uh, upon sales and technical recruiting. Ken's also a co-founder of the Sales Connection, founder of Tuesday Tune-Up, and was instrumental during the 2008 recession developing the Scioto Ridge Job Networking Group, a highly successful community service for job seekers. And we also have Frank Egan. He is the principal and area director of Am Spirit Business Connections. Frank also founded the Networking Hub and the Networking RX podcast program. And Frank is also the founder of the Charitable Roundtable, which provides nonprofit administrators the opportunity to increase their networking skills while building community connections. Thank you both for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Brett. Yeah, this is great. I was a little confused. You said successful people. I was looking towards the door for somebody to come in. He was talking about you. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think, I, I think, Brett, we're going to have a great time today. You know, listeners, you're going to hear us. Yeah, you're, you're going to hear us laughing. Uh, these two guys, I'm telling you, I've known them for many, many years in my previous life at a nonprofit. And uh, truly, when I say during the recession, um, they were just pivotal in helping people get back to getting their getting jobs, building their business. And um, it hasn't been that many years ago. We think it has, but it's really uh, it's it's a lifetime ago, but yesterday in terms of issues of people in, in having difficulty in employment. Yeah, and when you're talking to the younger people, they don't understand what the Great Recession was. Right. Yeah. You know, they they weren't working back then. Yeah. But uh, there was a lot of people that were out of work back then. Oh, oh my yeah. Gosh. Uh, I, well, I, I give Ken more credit than me because uh, I'm an entrepreneur and I was just out working. But you, I just think you uh, you rescued a lot of people with um, um, your program. What was the name of that? Um, so, uh, Jumpstart, Ridge. Yeah. Ridge. Yeah. yeah, that was like, it was iconic. Well, I had a lot of help. I mean, oh, yeah, still, it, everything rises and falls on leadership, so... It was, uh, we were in, we were in like, I think six churches in Columbus yeah. in the evenings trying to get people back to work. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah. we thank all of those pastors and churches that helped us during that time. It was yeah. awesome. Right, it was good. right. We were, we were literally networking in every possible corner we could find. Yeah. Um, but we got out of it. Yeah. We, we successfully got out of it. So today's world is a lot different. Still lots of issues, still people having trouble finding jobs. Um, so thank you both for coming to help us today to talk about networking because it is pivotal in our job searching. Um, we, we're we're going to talk today, listeners, about both job searching and building your business using networking, how it's different, what, what's going on. But before we dive into what exactly networking is, I first want to talk about their backgrounds. So what brought you to your current organizations and how did you decide to reach out into Central Ohio and connect people in networks? So Ken, let's start with you. Tell us how you got here. Well, um, longtime resident of Columbus, in and out of Columbus several times uh, over my uh, career, but I've been here for the past about 20 years and uh, always been in the business of putting people to work whether I was uh, with uh, corporations that that did that, temporary employees. Um, It was just kind of like a passion of mine to getting people to work. 
So uh, what got me to Ability Professional Network is, uh, I think, Frank, you told me to quit my job and go in, in business for myself. Did, <laughs> I, did you, I? I think you told me. Are you blaming me or giving me credit? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I think maybe a little bit both. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I left corporate, a large corporate life to go to a smaller company, uh, a search firm. And, and I realized that that was probably not the best move. And, and my wife, you know, I came home one night like we always do and, and she looked at me and she says, you don't like your job, do you? And I said, uh, no, how, how could you tell? He says, well, I could tell. And she says, well, you know, you've been putting the people to work all of these years. Why don't you just start your own company? So at this point in time, I'm 62 years old. And I'm saying, do you understand what that means, starting your, our own company and working? And, and so she says, yeah, let's do it. So we started with nothing. But what I learned, though, and when we talk about networking, is that over these years, all of the people that we touched and all of the groups and everything, there's uh, there's a bank account called Social Capital. And I had a pretty good bank account on Social Capital. So when I put my shingle out, people, well, you need a website. Let me let me do a website for you. You need a logo. Let me do a logo for you. Let me, let me help you with your business cards. Let me help you with your mission statement. So that's how I got here. We're celebrating our 10th year, and uh, things are going well. Uh, and uh, we continue to put... Uh, people to work. Wonderful. Good. Wonderful. Good. Frank. Yeah. You know, my story starts back in 1984. I came here to go to law school. Um, didn't even know where Ohio State was, but I got a law degree. I got an MBA from Ohio State and started my career in public accounting. I was a tax consultant. It was a great job. It was great pay. It was great everything. Um, glass window office in the Chase building mm -hmm. way up high. Uh, the only problem is, is I didn't want to do taxes, <laughs> which is kind of a non-starter for a tax <laughs> consultant, right? Um, so, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it was it was a good job, and I have some great friends and great memories and learned a lot. But I left to go into private practice, figuring that would be my next best step. And a funny thing happened when I went into private practice, and the funny thing was nothing happened. I had no idea how to get clients, and it's it's. Uh, um, I didn't have the social capital that Ken had. I was probably 34, 35 years old. Didn't really know anybody in Columbus other than the people I worked with. Um, and uh, I, I was scared, scared I was going to fail. Somebody said you should go check out a tips club or a leads group. And there was an organiz organization in town out of Pittsburgh that put together groups of entrepreneurs, sales reps, and professionals that met every week um, to learn about each other and exchange referrals. And I showed up at the first meeting and it made total sense that you could lift up your whole world by just helping other people. So I really doubled down on that, became really good at it. It's because, you know, here's the reality is that, you know, I can I can talk about Ken till I'm blue in the face. Don't do it. All right. Well, I can. <laughs> I, but I mean, any one of you, I, you know, I know all of you. I could, you know, I could I, I could I could promote you and feel great about myself. And if you self-promote for five minutes. You're exhausted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the essence of those organizations. You just promote the people to the left and to the right, and they're doing the same. Uh, so to make a long story short, I had an opportunity to become that organization's first franchisee in 97, and, and then an opportunity to buy it out in 2003, stop the practice of law, and um, rebranded it as Amspirit Business Connections. And uh, it changed the entire trajectory of my life. I became a student of networking. Um, there's a lot of science that goes into why we do the things we do, why things work, why things don't work. Um, so that's led me to write a number of books. Uh, I have a podcast that's uh, 600 episodes deep and, um, it's just, I, I literally get to meet people all over the world. It's, uh, it's amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. You appear on my Facebook post more than anybody on the planet. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to like three or four Facebook posts every day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, both of your bios beg the, the question, you know, what is networking? And you, you, you brought up an example, Frank, about, uh, you know, that it's that not necessarily networking yourself, but it's the person to your right and person to the left. So let's dig a little bit deeper about what is networking what what first of all you frank what, what what's your definition how do you approach networking and and what's worked for you well let me tell a quick story um and it's well i'll call it a story but th there's a uh, there's a famous anthropologist out there her name is margaret mead 
And she was teaching a class, and one of the students asked, what was the first sign of human civilization? And she was kind of gathering herself to answer. Everybody's thinking, okay, clay pots, weapons, and fire, what is it? And her response was a healed femur. In the animal world, you don't see animals that have healed femurs because a broken femur, which is the, uh, the bone that connects the knee to the hip, for those who don't know, um, in the animal world, if, if an animal breaks its femur, it's a death sentence. But when we came across the remains of humans that had healed femurs, we knew somebody cared enough to stay behind. And that was really the turning point for humanity because if you stayed behind to care for somebody, you certainly were stronger because you had one more person to help, but you also baked into the equation somebody who was going to be willing to help you. And that gene pool carried forward. The people who were selfish died out. So the question is, what is networking? It's, it's two or more people working towards their mutual benefit. Um, and it's really comes down to just human relations. We all, you know, people think, well, I don't network. Everybody networks. How'd you meet your wife? How do you get a babysitter? You know, we all network. So that's how I look at it. I have a very broad view of networking. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a need. So uh, the purpose of networking is to try and help someone who has a need. And if you continue to help, and not everybody, and Anna Frank will probably agree with this, not everybody is going to immediately reciprocate if you find out what their need is and you solve that need. Some people will do it immediately and some people, you know, you'll never hear from them again. But as you're doing this, uh, and if you do it long enough and you, you help enough people, what happens is, is what I talked about, you build up this social bank account, this, this people that know you, you've done things for people. And, and it's, it's, it's what will happen is, is that somewhere along the line, they'll be at a cocktail party, be a networking group or somebody, and that person who maybe didn't help you uh, is there. And someone will say your name. And the guy will say, oh, I know that guy. He helped me when I really needed it. You really ought to do business with that guy or you really ought to reach out to that guy. And then that's what happens. That's how networking happens. It may not happen uh, what everything you want immediately, but it's somewhere down the line. Uh, it, it will help you uh, uh, with life. It's kind of like a 401k. You got to keep putting into it to get the return. Yeah, but I'm taken out now. So, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm paying the taxes on it. So, Fra- Frank, you know, I, I really ought to look at Frank and say, hey, how am I going to get out of paying taxes on this stuff that I'm taking out? But it is like, so, you know, I, I think it, it's like, it's like a, a, a social, it's a system. So, like, um, I don't want to quote Milton Friedman, but Milton Friedman said, all debts are paid. I don't know if you know this, this saying. So if you borrow money from a bank uh, and, and you have to pay it back, but if you can't pay it back, the bank is going to pay that debt to itself. They're going to absorb that debt. And if enough banks don't pay the debt, the federal government will come in and will pay the debt to the bank. And then what happens is, is if the federal government pays, then we are the taxpayers are paying that debt. So it is a perfect system. Networking is kind of the same way. It's a perfect system. You help people, they help you, or somewhere down the line, they'll help you just because you help them. So that's that's my view of networking. Frank, am I am I No, uh, you're, I mean you're 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 spot on. It's I you you mentioned that, you know, people don't necessarily reciprocate and some people are not in a position to reciprocate. And I'm I'm totally okay with that. I tell people it's just I'm I'm good with putting karma out in the world because you don't know how that's going to spin its way back around to you. Yeah. And um, I'm things happen to me every day and wonderful things, and I don't know what drove them, and I just have to believe that somewhere along the way it's something else, something I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we uh, before we started the podcast, we were talking a little bit about um, Brett and I creating this podcast and i was saying you know brett and i have a large enough network and enough people that we have met and talked to over time that we've been real lucky with the podcast and that people are willing to come and talk to us just like the two of you came in to talk to us today so i guess we need to give a shout out to all of our networks (laughs) thank them for all that they've given us um so i'm going to step back because i want to continue this conversation about what networking is. When I was the director at the agency working with older adults, 
and I would talk about networking, they'd look at me and go like, what is she talking about? Is that just like going to a cocktail party and talking to my person standing next to me? They really didn't have a concept of what networking was and what it could do for them. And it's not different if they're starting a business or just looking for a job, but how do you get across to individuals how it's going to make a difference for them and and how to build up your network so that you can move forward? Well, I mean, in reality, I tell people all the time, in the long run, we're all self-employed. Well, we are, right? I mean, you got to, you know, you're in the career world. I mean, you know, you got to advocate for yourself. Yeah. There is no 40 years in a gold watch anymore. So we're all self-employed. Some people just choose to sell their hours, 2,000 hours at a time to one person. Yeah. So we're, so it all, it's all, it's all business, right? It's being, whether you work for the state of Ohio or a not-for-profit or Bath and Body Works, you're, you're in business for yourself, advocating for yourself. So the whole concept of networking really kind of applies evenly to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, you know, you know, how, how does that interplay? I mean, we, we all need networking. We all do. Um, and, and people in, in the business world, people look at networking, they think about it in terms of referrals in sales, but it's, it's so much broader than that. It's being able to reach out to somebody for information. Hey, we're looking for this person to be on our podcast to talk about this. Or, or it even could be, I need to buy such and such do you know a vendor that I could get yeah. a good good deal and a fair deal? Right, right. So it, it it's really making your it's giving you the ability to move forward. Yeah, yeah. So it so the people that are in sales know this, uh, and it's kind of intuitive to them. But when you're looking when you're when you're in business and you want to get business, uh, you do certain things. In the job search, you basically do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be looking in, in my business. Uh, I'm going to find the people that can hire me. And so the people that can hire me are usually the vice president of sales who they, they need some people. So I reach out to them. So in my network, I am networking with all of the vice president of sales in the, the region that I want to uh, do business in and uh, in the industries that I want to do business with. So I develop a database of these people and I reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Job seekers have got to do the same thing. They got to figure out what they want to do, number one. And then they got to figure out who can hire them by title. And once they have that, they can go on like networking groups, I mean, uh, social like, uh, like LinkedIn, and they can start finding these people mm-hmm. that can hire them and reach out to them that's the networking that they can do to find the next job. It's the same thing that I do when I want to find business. You know, one of the things I think that that for folks who are not, who don't consider themselves to be networkers, don't feel that they understand the process, do you think they get hung up on place or um, situation as opposed to the concept of talking to people? So they think networking comes because they go to a job circle, they go to a job fair, they they go and meet people for coffee somewhere, or uh, they go to a cocktail party. So they're thinking of, I've seen a lot of times where somebody will walk into a room, a sea of people are out there, and they just like freeze and walk back out again. They don't understand that notion of just find the first person who's willing to say hello, as opposed to um, getting confused because there are so many people. They have they have the wrong mindset mm-hmm. because that's scary. It is. You know, if you're walking into a room, you see all these people over there, and you mm-hmm. don't know. You know, you're finding the person in the corner that you know that's, that has the same problem with you. But the the mindset that, that I, I tell people, and it, it it changes things in immediately. So when you go to a networking meeting, what you want to do is not say how many people can help me. You're going to say I'm going to walk out of this meeting and I'm gonna find three people that I can help. That changes your mindset entirely. You feel good about yourself. You wanna go in, you feel good, I'm gonna find some people, I'm gonna talk to them, I'm gonna help them. You feel like you're you're supposed to be there then. Well, yeah, because you should be. Right, because you're there to help. You're there to help. Right. So that changes the dynamic entirely Mm -hmm. when when, um, 
when you're in that mindset. You, you, you teach that, don't you, Frank? Oh, I call it the uh, cloak of invincibility. Get out. <laughs> you do not. I do. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I tell people when I – because. I mean, here's the thing: is that when, you know, human development. When we, when as early humans, we were in tribes of about 150, and those were the only people you ever saw in your whole life. And if you saw a stranger, it wasn't good. So we are naturally, we have this natural um, apprehension towards people we don't know. So we walk into a room, there's people we don't know. This this welling up inside. It's totally natural. I'm Mr. Network. I feel it. I'm driving to a networking event. My body is screaming at me. Just Go sit in your chair at the office. You don't need this. So I love Ken's, you know, Ken's point. You know, when I walk in, I put on my cloak of invincibility. I am there to help people. Nobody ever rejects Superman. Nobody ever rejects Batman. So no. when you're that hero <laughs> with this cloak of invincibility, um, you're, you're right. It's 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 a game changer. It just I, changes. I want to see the big S. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get big N. Yeah. 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 Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, though, I mean, COVID really screwed up a lot of people. It screwed up me. Yeah. So, I, you know, for, the, for two and a half years, I was in my bedroom with my dog, you know, because I could work from home. So I decided, well, it's time to get back out. So I'm going to a networking event. I'm walking in. I'm having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. I'm going, oh, my gosh. I've do- How many times have we done this? And I'm walking in, and I'm, yeah. I, I, lost, I lost my mojo. Mm-hmm. So you have to get it. What? Right. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, but the opposite I also felt, though, too, is that people were yearning so much to have a networking event or uh, to go face-to-face yeah. that it actually kind of made it a little bit easier to approach people because they wanted to talk they without do. the yeah. screen in front of their face. So uh, it's double-edged oh, yeah. sword Well, that helped because me. you weren't used to the practice of doing it, but people were there because they wanted to do yeah, it, they too. Were, they were almost giddy. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. yes. They were giddy. Yeah, unbelievable how many yeah. people are saying this is so great i get to see people you yeah. know and finally i get to meet you off a of screen this is great you know it was it, i think that feeling still exists today we need to do we need to more do more of that again mm-hmm. we need to get back into the big networking events and press the flesh and mm-hmm. talk to people face to face instead of screen to screen yes i right. think yeah i had i had an employer talk to me last week about a um job fair that was going to be all electronic, all virtual. And I just looked at her and I said, been there, done that. Yeah. You know, we, 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 especially, especially for older adults, they need to talk to people face to face. That's what they are used to. And, uh, making decisions on somebody's ability just because they can get onto zoom does not necessarily get you the best candidate. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of truth that there's a, I read a study that our brains just operate differently mm-hmm. in person and over the screen. Just oh, absolutely. You know, just absolutely. different. You know, the way the two lobes are kind of communicating with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there is a lot to be said for Zoom. You know, well, it, oh, for sure. Yeah. It is. It opened up a lot of opportunities that yeah. we wouldn't have had had we not had the technology. Absolutely. Well, we, what it did is it saved us from. But people, I'll give you an example or an anecdote. You know, somebody will, you know, in the past would say, "Hey." Love to have a cup of coffee. Get in the car, go have a 30-minute cup of coffee, come back. It's 90 minutes. You know, now with Zoom, it's like, okay, it's 15, 20 minutes, maybe 30 tops. And then you can say, you know what, this is worthwhile. Let's get together for a cup of coffee. Or, you know what, I don't want to say it wasn't worthwhile, but you know what, I'm not your person. Let me introduce you to Ken or somebody else and save all of that time. Mm -hmm. So over the course of an afternoon or a morning or a day, you can – you can do five or six of those sorts of things and still be at your desk and get things done. So I, I have a, the other <clears throat> end of that same conversation. Um, I have a lot of people who will say, oh, let's, let's do a Zoom or you know, meet me for a cup of coffee or blah, blah, blah. And I always say, can we just have a phone conversation? <laughs> because yeah. I figure it'll be one and done. You know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm done with this person. I don't have any more information to give to them and can move them along to someone else. But everybody's gotten into the mindset of doing a Zoom. Yeah. And if I say phone call, I can't tell you how many times I still get a Zoom link. So anyway, (laughs) that was my commentary on phone calls. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I get a lot of let's have a cup of coffee. And I'm thinking, well, have you earned enough to have a cup of coffee? Can, yeah. I, can I give you 90 minutes of my oh. time? I have no idea what you're going to, what we're going to talk That's about. That's true. 
So that's, true. that's how Zoom helps. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And and that that answers something that came up during the recession. Yeah. Um I had a uh, consultant who was very open to talking to people to help them in their job search until finally it got to where she was doing all the work. They were networking and I'm using my little air quotes here, but they weren't doing the work of finding their job. They were depending on her to make it happen. Yeah. And so she had to back off because she couldn't get her job done. She was still consulting and she couldn't get the consulting done. So right. that that could be hard. Yeah. Well, you know, for as large as it is, Columbus is really still a small town. We all tend to know each other, especially if you're Italian in the room and she says she's three Three, no, I'm only two. Away. You mean Carol, two Carol's away. Italian? I didn't yeah. know she was. Two people away from knowing everyone. So um, I guess the, it does beg the question, you know, does that impact the success in networking in regards to those degrees of separation? What do you think, Frank? Um, being a small town? You mean? Yeah. You know, in regards to does it is a detriment being a small town or a large town, does it help because it's a bigger database of people that you can be yeah. connected to? Or is it just overwhelming going, I could never reach that person because they're three degrees away from yeah. me? You know, then when you when you talked in the LinkedIn world, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I interviewed somebody on my podcast and he hit me with this and he's like, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet and we're all in the same network. We all are. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a question of, well, well, my network, or, you know, everyone thinks they have their own network. No, we're all kind of connected. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, it's interesting, you know, where this whole degrees of separation came from. There was a study that was done in the 60s, uh, Stanley Milgram, who was worked at Yale. And what he did was he took 150 um, packets of uh, information and, and sent them. He, he, he put in 150 uh, envelopes the name of a financial advisor who was in Boston <laughs> and said, if you know this person, you know, send it back to him. If you don't, send it to the person you think might know them. And he distributed, he distributed them at random in Omaha, Nebraska. And so they came back to that financial advisor on average in six steps. Mm-hmm. That's where you get six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, and, and they further looked at this and it, you would think that if it went to 150 people at random, it would come back from 150 people, random people. And it really came back to this financial advisor from three or four. Um, and so it really, you know, it really comes down to who you know. Do you know connected people or mm-hmm. or not know connected people? And so that's where I tell people, take a hard look at your network and who are the connectors in your network? Mm. You know, I mean, you guys and putting this show together, you probably have some go-tos, right? Mm-hmm. Betty Collins, I'm guessing, is probably a go-to and there's some other people I don't even know that, you know, okay, we need somebody who we're going to go to. Um, and so, you know, you can be overwhelmed by things, but what I always tell people is try and find those connectors in, in, uh, um, in your world. We talked before we hit record Chris Borja, you know, yeah. he is, you know, he is very well connected. Um, it's the guy up in Detroit, Terry Bean, who used to live here in Columbus. I mean, he is like the center of the universe up there. Every town has these people. Um, and those are the people that you need to really kind of connect to and stop trying to figure out, okay, what's, what is the path? Uh, there probably is a really quick path. That brings up an interesting question on when you're going to networking events to choose a networking event, but to know who's going to be there if you can, when we were dealing with folks during the recession, all of my clients were going to all these networking events and then they come back to me and say, well, I couldn't get a job there. And I go, well, you weren't meeting with employers. <laughs> you were meeting with other unemployed people who are, you're all in that same boat, but give each other ideas, tips, maybe possible connections to employers. Yep. They're not needing that connection, but you might. So there were all these things that they could do, but in their mind, they were that networking was a straight shot to get a job, and that's not really what it is. No, yeah. there's um, so there, there's two types of food. There's good food and there's junk food, mm-hmm. and and networking sometimes is the same way. Is that uh, you, you can you take a little of both, but you want to you want to work in the networking world of of really true food, which would be people that are in your industry. Uh, 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 
associations, mm-hmm. uh, professional associations. I, I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to that says, you know, I want I want a I want a, uh, a, uh, uh, a job in human resources. And I said, well, that's that's great. Do you belong to Haraco? <laughs> No, well, no, I don't. What's Haraka? Well, well, yeah, well, are, yeah. You, are, are you serious <laughs> about your organ? Are you serious right. about your trade? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, those are the those are the positive things that you ought to do is is to network in professional organizations because uh, those people are like you. They they know what you know, but they can help you in, in other uh, in other instances. So the other thing I want Frank brought this up. He always brings up good stuff. I'm going to say here so. Uh, the Tipping Point yeah, by Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that deal about uh, strong ties and weak ties. Yeah. So there was, uh, this is um, Ranavetter, he said that um, uh, informal contacts are uh, the where you find your job. Mm-hmm. So you go to the people that you know first, and you network with those people who will send you the people that they know. And then send you to the people that they know. So until you got to the third, is it the third level, Frank? I think the third level. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, essentially what they did in the study, the people responded in the study that the people that they knew really well were not a good source at all. Right. Yeah. It's it's till you got to the people, their friends' friends. Yeah. Is that where they found their jobs? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, for me, I, you know, I love my family, but I'm not going to network through my wife because we know the same people. Yeah. Um. But when I start meeting with people that she knows that I don't know, that's when there's just mm-hmm. there's tons of uh, tons of opportunity. Now, yeah. being Italian in a town the size of Columbus with a huge Italian population, yeah, you're all related. We're all related, <laughs> but you know the relationship is always um, different than just husband, wife, yeah. children, grandchildren. Um, but it is that. I mean, that really is the the key is the first person you know is not who you're going to get the information from. It's who they know. Yeah. Uh, when I would do workshops for older clients, we would do a, a, a networking workshop and we had a game. So I'd come in with my McDonald's coffee uh, gift cards so that they could take somebody to coffee. And I'd say in the conversation of when we're talking about networking, I'm going to mention people, places to you that I'm connected to. So you figure out how you're connected to me through them. I always got rid of my gift certificates. That's People a great, would that's a great always exercise. figure that out. We did it with our students when I was at Ohio State, and one young man decided he knew me because of his aunt went to my high school. Mm, really? And I said, well, but I didn't know your aunt. So there's a, a missing link there. And he goes, well, did you know so-and-so? And I said, yes. And I said, he said, well, okay, there's the link. I go, but tell me why it's a link. He couldn't answer that. So I made him call this person on the phone. And they kept talking. And luckily, my friend was listening and trying to figure out what was going on. And I finally said, ask your contact who his wife is. His wife was my cousin. Oh, my God. So we fi- it took about three hours to get to that point. <laughs> It, it, it's an exercise. Yeah. Networking is not off the top of your head. Mm. And so this leads me to my next question. There are skills to be a good networker. Yeah. How, what are those skills and how do they learn? Ken, go for it. Your mother taught you everything you need to know about connecting before you were 10 years old. Oh, I love that. <laughs> number, number one, make friends. Number two, play nice. Number three, Take a bath. Number four, do your homework. I have never. (laughs) Definitely number four out of COVID, take a bath. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So, you know. That's a whole new list. I'm going to give that, I'm going to give that one to you. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. I love that. That's wonderful. Uh, Do do you have any follow-up on that? Yeah. (laughs) I I guess that, um. Number one, uh, there's two. Two. Well, number one is uh, smile. So I've when I walk into a store now anymore, instead of frowning, I'm, I'm smiling. So people smile back at you. So he's, you know, he's smiling. Uh, so uh, w- which is good. And the other one is 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 that I've used the word, and I was given this by Tom Wentz, who's a mentor of mine. Use the word terrific. Just use the word. So how you doing? 
terrific. Really? Why? Why do you? You know, not saying, "Well, I'm okay." If you use those, if you if you are enthusiastic, so that's the other thing. Smile. Use the word terrific. Enthusiastic. People will be drawn to you. They'll just come and. And I, I don't. Do you teach that, Frank, on on, on in your groups? Or? Uh, I don't necessarily teach that, but it's certainly, you know, you. You have to make a decision as to how you're going to show up in the world. Yeah. You just have to, you know, whether you're saying yeah. terrific or, um, and what I'll, what I will say to people is uh, just hypothetically, when you walk into a room and you have a choice between two people, are you going to the person who's smiling or the person who's a mope? Yeah. Now there are people out there who are mopey and they get some attention and you know what, but nobody, you know, people are just nice short term, long term. They want the person who's, who's got that smile on their face or, or who's maybe not saying terrific, um, but that's on their face, right? That's, that's how they're carrying themselves in their, in, in their shoulders and, um, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the things that I would get, just go at my clients and say, you have to be a good listener. You cannot just go into a network, any situation with another person and just keep talking. It, and because when you take a breath, they're going to walk away. They're not going to respond. It's just too much. You have to be a good listener. And as you said, how can you help other people? You can't help them unless you know what they need. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, definitely listen. Uh, people, when I go out and work with groups, they're always like, oh, you know, networking events. I hate it. I never know what to say. Good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because yeah, you shouldn't, you know, it's about you getting them talking and they're going to feel like you are the most interesting person in the world because you've made them feel good and had an opportunity to, to learn about them. Um, eventually they'll want to find out about you. You know, if you think about that, if you go at it with that approach and you're listening and you're listening, and you're listening, that person you're talking to may not even realize that you're unemployed looking for a job you yeah you've not even set the stage right they're going to come back and you ask about you right. after they've talked about themselves for 15 minutes and you go what it's going to surprise them that they you are unemployed yeah or you're looking for a job and you're you truly they're networking i think it's going to catch them off guard yeah oh yeah that it's just that wow you listen to me and, and you're here really in a different need than i am right you know, yeah, who, it's you know amazing. who who have mastered that skill are politicians. So I've, I cannot tell you how many times that somebody says, I met Jimmy Carter or I met this person and they made me feel like I was the only person in the room. Mm -hmm. They are taught that mm -hmm. because that's the way that you should approach people and get votes because you, you, there's a trust that's built up. And a lot of, we didn't talk about trust yet though, Frank, right? There's got to be some trust there yeah. that you're building up in the networking that you're going to do what you said, and I'm going to do what I said, and I'm going to follow up, and that type of thing. There's a trust built up there, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think trust is, you know, trust is the most important thing that we do. Yeah. It's just determining whether we trust somebody. And again, that harkens back to time long ago, but we are constantly cycling through our head very subconsciously, okay, can I trust this person? Yeah. Yeah. You right, know? right. And I... Yeah. You know, every day, you know, I, I, just silly things. You get on a Zoom call and you think it's supposed to be about just getting acquainted and they're going to pitch you. Um, you know, that just violates trust. Mm -hmm. I, I was supposed to have a Zoom call with person A, person B shows up. Well, that's a problem, mm -hmm. you know, um, but just all sorts of things like that. And so it certainly gets down to, you know, when somebody, when you walk into a conversation and you dominate it, people get the sense very subconsciously that, okay, this person doesn't really care about me. Mm -hmm. But if you stop and you listen, you are conveying to them, okay, this person cares. Yeah. Well, you know, we kind of talk about this best practices in networking. I think we've hit on it on one of 10 listing, but you know, Frank, of that list, you list a top five you feel are critical. And yes, listing is probably yeah. right there in that top five. Yeah. I, I always tell people, find ways to add value to others. I think that's probably the, you know, that's probably the number one thing and, and covers, covers lots of, lots of things. But as humans, again, we're, you know, we're cycling through our mind who we can trust, mm. 
who is out for us or who's out for themselves. And if you're adding value to other people, listening is a way of adding value, encouraging people, making introductions is another way of adding value. There's lots of things we can do to add value to other people, but that's certainly one of them. Um, the other thing I like to talk about is uh, just have the mindset that every contact has opportunity because you just mm. don't know who that person is connected to. Um, you know, I, t- I talk about this in, in uh, my first book, Foundational Networking. Um, I was a I was an extra in the movie The Shawshank Redemption. I love this. I love this story. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to tell yeah. it. <laughs> um, I, well, I mean, I was parking downtown. I was work, you know, I was a tax consultant. I was parking downtown. It was a garage close to the office. It was cheap. The only catch is you had to leave your keys. So I, you leave your keys every day, which is a little unnerving if you've got a, mm-hmm. you own a car because you don't know what they're doing with it all day. Um, but I just made it a point, probably very subconsciously, to get to know these parking lot attendants who I'm handing my keys off to. And the woman who was in charge, her name was Twyla. And uh, I would just talk to her every day. Nothing, you know, not a cup of coffee conversation, just a, hey, how are you doing? How's your daughter doing? Is that your granddaughter? Did you go to the zoo? Oh, that's really nice. She stopped me one day and said, hey, how would you like to be an extra in a movie? But, you know, <laughs> I'd love to. Um and uh, now, they, she said, we're looking for attorney types. They are looking for attorney types. They're shooting up in Upper Sandusky. And the opening scene in the Shawshank Redemption is a courtroom. Um, I got cast as a prisoner, of all ironies. Uh, um, but I literally... Was it? <laughs> maybe not. But well, here's the thing. I got to spend a day on the set with Morgan Freeman. You know, talk about a genuine human being. Hey, I'm Morgan. Yeah, I know you're Morgan. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah, I'm Frank. That's a better. You know, that's yeah. a better question. Can I do your taxes? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I realized at that moment, it's like there were hundreds of attorney types coming and going, and I was probably one of the only people that stopped and gave her that that sort of respect. Now, I'm not a Hollywood star. I didn't get discovered or anything like that, but it was an opportunity. And I, you if, got a story out of it. I, well, I certainly have a story out of it, but there's <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah, it's yeah. Been a great story. Well, the the other story I tell along these lines. There's a, a gentleman who's from Columbus. His name is Lewis House, and Lewis is very very well known now. Um, and he and he's got his third book out. He tells the story in the beginning of the book of how we met. And he came up to me. Uh, I gave a speech. He came up to me after the speech, and we just started talking and. I could tell he was down on his luck. He was shoving food in his pocket, and um, I just took him to lunch. And we just, you know, would go to lunch occasionally and touch base. And he says, "I'm thinking about writing a book." So he and I co-wrote a book together. People along the way, people are like, "Why are you wasting time with this loser? You know, the guy's unemployed. He's just, you know, what is he doing? Why that's not a good use of time?" It's like I don't know. You know, I just, you know, it's just somebody needs help, and that's what we're supposed to do. Um, you know, so certainly every contact that has opportunity, you just, you, you don't know. And I think the third thing I'll, I'll, I'll cap it at three. Um, there's no shame in asking, you, you know, if you're out there being a genuine person in your network, you need to be willing to ask of your network. There's a, uh, there's an author out of the, uh, university of, he's a professor at university of Michigan. His name is uh, Dr. Wayne Baker. And he wrote a book called all you have to do is ask. Mm. And he has done a lot of work on the whole notion of of asking and that's what holds people back mm-hmm. is they're not willing to ask but when you get to read the book it's it's interesting because he, he there was a study he talks about in there and there's really there are really two types of asks uh one is kind of a dependent ask give me a fish would you give me a fish and the other is more of an empowered sort of an ask it's would you teach me to fish? Yeah. And what the study shows is that people are energized by coming to the aid of somebody who's got that empowered ask. Of course, I'll teach you to fish. I would love to take an afternoon and teach you how to fish because then you'll never have to ask me for another fish. Whereas if somebody's coming to us and saying, you know, hey, will you give me a fish or will you give me a job or will you do these things for me? It just becomes exhausting. So yeah. those three things. Yeah. That that leads me right to my next question and um, another good story about being afraid to ask. I heard this when I was directing the agency, and um, a gentleman had lost his job, 
He was at a very high level at a large corporation here in town, and he literally hid in his house for a year because he was too embarrassed to let people know he had lost his job and was afraid to ask for help. Mm. One of his neighbors finally figured out what was going on because every once in a while they'd see him sneak out and get his mail and sneak back into the house, and they're wondering, like, why isn't he at work? This was long before we were Zooming from home um, and went over and talked to him. And within, I think it was a month, this man had a job. Yeah. Yeah. And here he had sat back and was afraid to ask for help. So my next question is, my older job seekers seem to have the most trouble. Yeah. Young folks tend to kind of like to talk, especially about themselves, but they like to talk to people. Older adults were not used to not having work, not having a job, and didn't know how to ask. What are the tips that you would give them? to build up their confidence to be good networkers? Well, <laughs> uh, boomers, uh, I assume we're talking about boomers, um, they were taught that you stay with one company for mm. for 40 years and, and that's that's what you were supposed to do. And, and my whole family uh, worked in Detroit in the automotive industry. They came over from Europe and they all were there. They were Ford, Chrysler, DeSoto, all those and uh, they worked uh, on jobs that they hated for years uh, just because it was the thing to do, is that they would retire from the companies. And if you lost your job, it was almost like a mark against you that, you know, and I remember my dad, I was going to, I was 35 years old and my dad says to me, you know, you better find a company that you're going to stay with for the rest of your life because, you know, you're getting old. And I'm going, are you kidding me? So the issue, there's an issue, there's a stigma there that like a guy that was in the house for a year, there's a stigma there that, that you are tainted. So the deal was back then is that, you know, Joe lost his job. Don't tell anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. But now it's Joe lost his job. Tell everybody. Yeah, it's an entirely different dynamic. So that's one of the stigmas that's it's there, and and that there's a lot of there's a lot of very very good talent out there because but because you're playing maybe the you know the third quarter or the fourth quarter of your life that it isn't as worth as much as if you were young, and that's absolutely not true. There there are companies out there that are dying for good talent. You just gotta you gotta gotta believe that there that you have good talent there are age discriminations on both sides of the the, the uh, spectrum there are there are it's age discrimination from the young kids uh, coming out that they don't know anything and they're not going to stay at your company very long so you better not hire them because they're only going to stay 18 months and they're going to be gone but there's the other stigma that there's this there is if 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 the average of, of, uh, tenure of a new employee is like three years right now, and you have somebody that has a 10-year runway in your career, who the heck are you going to hire? You're going to hire the person that's going to be with you for the next 10 years because they know what the deal is. So those are the stigmas that I see, Carol. Uh, you know, I tried to get beyond that. Networking is very difficult for uh, – I remember I, – I, I actually, you asked me to speak – uh, in one of the sessions mm-hmm. at your at the um, employment the for fair. seniors uh, mm-hmm. job fair, and I remember this guy he was in the corner, and I'm, and and my talk was about networking, and I had this presentation here, and I'm going, I'm looking at him, and he's got his arms crossed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, he's staring me down. You know, this guy, and he's a professional. You know, he's like, there is no way I'm doing any of that stuff. So uh, finally. Uh, he comes up to me afterwards and he says, do you really believe all that? And I said, I absolutely truly believe all that. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe all that. Come to my networking group. So he came to Scioto Ridge at that time and he was networking everything. And he ended up with the job of like a director of logistics for Abbott Foods. And it's like, and he says, anytime you want somebody to work at Abbott Foods, you call me. And I'll find a job for them at Abbott Foods. And that's what it took. It's the networking part of the, the deal that brings people out of their shelves, understand it's okay, I'm going to find a job this way, and they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, after the past you know few years of job recruiting and job searching techniques have gone through some major changes. You know, Frank, is technology the only change to networking or 
uh, you know, other changes become necessary as we walked out of this. Well, well run, run out of this. Yeah. That way. Yeah. Uh, I get the question. Well, I've gotten the question for years. What's LinkedIn going to do to networking? Mm-hmm. You know, what's mm-hmm. Zoom going to do to networking? And my response is, are you going to edit this out if you need to? But where do babies come from now? <laughs> you know, yeah. they still come from the same damn place. Yeah, right? they do. We still have relationships the same way. Yeah. And yeah. so all Zoom does is really facilitate our ability to have communicate. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I can I can have a 10 minute call with somebody in Dublin, Ohio over Zoom. And it's only going to take us each 10 minutes. Yeah. We're not having or to... you could have a, a, a 10 minute call with somebody in Dublin, Ireland. Thank it's you. only going to take you 10 minutes. Right. You know, it's a tool. Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. the relationships are still built the same way. We still have to come to getting to know people, like people, and trust people. So I don't know, you know, it's, it's it, 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 Carol, you said it, it's a tool. It's, you know, Betsy Ross met George Washington at church, right? Yeah. You know, so it's, we networked back then. We've networked for eons. This just allows us to network further and faster. That's all technology has done. Oh, yeah. good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, Carol, I want to amplify one thing that I said about um, do older adults have specific challenges? And there, there are two things that that I'm facing uh, as an older adult. Number one is energy. So it, when you're going to networking events, make sure that you have the energy when you walk in. And when you walk out, that you keep that energy level up so that you are presenting the right, the right uh, persona. Mm-hmm. The other is, is uh, choose wisely. So if you are going to take a look at different networking events, choose the one that you think makes more, most sense to you that will make the most value. So energy and choosing the right networking events right now for older adults, I think, is important. Uh, otherwise, um, you get tired. I mean, you just, you just lose your, you know, it, it, it takes energy. You know, I, when I go to a client meeting now and the client meeting lasts for two hours, that's about it for the rest of the day. I mean, there's a lot, you're on stage, you're trying to make a good impression. You're doing the same way with networking that afterwards you've used all of your energy up at that networking event. Well, and, and too, it's so easy to be frustrated in a networking event because yeah. things don't go as smoothly as we hope they will. Right. Even if we think we're in our best game, not everybody is going to be in their best game. So frustration is also energy draining. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, so, I, I couldn't pro- agree more. Probably more so. Mm-hmm. Probably more so. Yeah, exactly. So so that takes me then to my, my next question. I think one of the hardest things I've wrestled with um, to, when I was talking to clients and students is where do you go? Where's the best place to go to network? And it really does have to be a place that is going to be comfortable for you, that you're going to get the most out of the time you're putting into it. Um, Zooming may make things faster, but networking takes time and yeah. you want to use your time wisely. Can what what organizations would you consider and for listeners one of the things that we do with our podcast is create resource sheets so this is all going to go onto our resource sheets so listeners will will be able to to tap into it later but just tell us your own groups as well as other groups that you feel are really worth people's time and looking at networking and we're talking central ohio but we'll you know if you know of other organizations outside of Central Ohio or national organizations? Let's get those two. Well, the one that uh, we run right now that is free um, to anyone who wants to come is called Tuesday Tune-Up. And it's for job seekers that are in transition. Um, and we always have good guest speakers that come on. And Frank's been a guest speaker at a lot yep. of times at, at all of our networking events. And uh, it, we, we always talk about uh, job search, leadership, um, all kinds of things within the job search. So just send, go to my website and go to networking and send, I will send you the link. Uh, Zoom, I found out, doesn't like you to send, put your link out there on social media. They'll find it. They'll find it if I, they'll tell you don't do this. And I couldn't ever figure out why mm. until 
I got, I got, someone came on my Zoom call that I did not want and was very disruptive uh, that I had to take off. So please come. Uh, it, we started it up again. That's, uh, that's one of the things that, that uh, I have. Um, we talked about professional groups and associations within your, um, your industry. If you're human resources, it would be Haraco. There, if you're in logistics, it would be the, uh, the Columbus CS, Columbus Society for CSCMP, Columbus Society for, I can't remember, CSCMP for logistics people. Um, we'll, we'll, Frank ha- we'll get that into our resources. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, meetup. The Meetup app. I don't know if you if you people have the if you look at the Meetup app, but you can put in your interests in the Meetup app and find out where the different Meetup groups are in in Columbus. Now, I found out that when I I go to some of these Meetup groups, or I'm or virtually what have you, or or I go to a, a an event, I, I try to get the ones that I don't know anything about. And you go there and you find all kinds of neat people mm-hmm. there. And, you know, it's very, inter- it's, it's really very, ener- makes you energized to find out people that are not like you, that are different than you. So meetup is huge. So that's how you got into model airplanes then? No, pens. <laughs> 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 that's how I, that, I make, I make. I'm, I'm joking. I'm I make, joking. Did, I, did I make yeah. you a pen, Frank? Do you have a Ken's pen? Frank? No, I don't. Oh, God, I've, I make a Ken's pen. <laughs> yeah. I gave Carol one here. Carol has a Ken's pen. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, Educate, uh, okay, um, there is a lot of stuff, uh, conventions that are in Columbus. So if you look at Convention Bureau, you can find out what conventions are coming, plus trade shows. Trade shows is a big way to uh, find companies that you didn't even know existed to go to oh, trade shows, and, and especially if they're in your, uh, in your, um, uh, in, in your field. And the other thing is, uh, the last one I have here, it's called Serendipity. And that's when you're standing in line at the at the uh, grocery store, and you strike up a conversation with someone in front of you, and find out they're the wife of the president of Cardinal <laughs> Foods or Cardinal Health or whatever. Yep. The other one is is that uh, I never forget the story. It was uh, you, we always have to to what our elevator pitch is. Mm. You know, everybody has to memorize their elevator pitch. So uh, this I never forget this one girl. She was over at Columbus State. Uh, and not, uh, it was one of the, no, it wasn't Columbus State. What's the one that went out of, I think it was Columbus State. She got on an elevator <clears throat> and this person was next to her and introduced himself and says, what do you do? And she gave her elevator pitch in an elevator <laughs> and, and got a job as an ad- administrative <laughs> assistant at, because she was talking to one of the directors at the, the, the school. So serendipity those things that happen are networking. Yeah, we had a one of the sessions at the agency was a panel discussion of HR people. Mm. And gentleman in the back, I remember this vividly, was talking about, and he was asking a question about his resume, about where to place things, that sort of thing. And he comes upon, starts talking about, it's like, well, I've got it lower on my resume that I'm fluent in Spanish. And <laughs> one of the panelists up there said, we need to talk afterwards yeah, because we need to have that bilingual or in, in HR or whatever department it was. It was Honda oh, that wow. needed that. Yeah, He just happened to – he didn't think it was important to put that up higher on his resume that he was fluent. I think it was Spanish, whatever language it was. Boom, right there. It was just jaw-dropping. I've told that story a million times that just, just because he happened to say that he spoke a second language. Yeah. He pretty much, I don't know whether he got a job or not, but it was there. Well, he didn't think it was, it was important, but it was tremendously it was important. Tremendously important at that moment in time, he, serendipity. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. if he didn't get a job there with Honda, he found, he had he got a good life lesson to move that up on his resume. Right. So it, yeah. yeah. That the, the things that you yeah. don't think are important are important are to important. somebody. You just right. don't know at some point in time. Well, yeah. that's where you get, you know, to the word serendipity. I mean, it. he may have been in a setting and it was perfectly fine on his resume exactly where it's at it's mm-hmm. just but i think that underscores the point is that you can't you know you can't you can't judge these things i love the advice ken of just going getting on meetup and just going to some you know whatever i don't want to say a crazy group you yeah. know um but 
Just go meet people because some, you, we're all connected. Something yeah. outside of your your yeah, go meet people. World, and for both of you, I mean, you guys have been networking for years. You you don't know everybody, but you probably no, know a lot yeah. of people. So what a great opportunity to go to a group that when you don't really know that many, if yeah. anybody. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I I uh, I got on a group and, and I it's like I'm a total nerd, but uh, <laughs> I. I, uh, metal detecting. Oh. So I got on this group. I got excited. So I bought a metal detector and uh, the guy around down the street, his grandmother owns a farm. So I went out in the field with this metal detector. I must've looked like a total nerd out there. And I'm finding all kinds of old nails and old farm equipment stuff out there. I, I thought I was an archeologist, you know, right. <laughs> I was just finding old metal, but, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are, they're cool. They, they, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, one top issue I, I did want to include in the list of the best practices is the need for immediate action, whether it's a thank you note, research, or possibly completing applications or sending resumes, just doing what you're supposed to do. It's important to do your follow-up. Frank, any additional steps as a networker should complete after a connection is made or after a networking event? Uh, I, I, I like writing handwritten notes. I will go to an event. Um, I do. Mm-hmm. I do a lot worldwide now, nationwide, just because of the, the growth of my business. But I have gone to a lot of business first breakfasts, a lot of events locally, and I'll go there. And my my rule of thumb um, is I try to meet five people. If there's five people there, five people. If there's five thousand, five people. Mm-hmm. And I will leave the event. I won't go far. I'll get a coke, and I'll write handwritten notes. Um, do you write them on the back of the card, Frank, or do they, or do you write? Oh, let me see. Do you write on the back of the no, card? No, like, you... ha- like a note card, a thank you card. Oh, 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 oh yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yep. I'll just, I'll, I'll have a card. And, uh, um, and so I encourage people to do that because most people don't, most mm-hmm. people don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I am shocked. I, I met a guy on a train who was like an expert networking expert. Uh, we exchanged cards, whatever. Um, and I wrote him a note, and he never, he never even wrote a note or acknowledged me. I'm like, you're a fraud. Um, but at any rate, you know, and that note, what I encourage that note to have is just a simple thank you for their time. You don't need to say, hey, this is Bob. I need a job, right, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly follow up with something that maybe you pledged to do. Hey, we were talking. You said you were looking for an ad, a new admin. I know somebody. Um, if you email me, I'll get you their name. You know, something beyond what you're looking for. Those things are memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. You know, one thing, um, because I'm a, a handwrite, handwritten note giver, yeah. sender, it's very difficult to get addresses today. That is that is true. And I, I've had to um, find an electronic hand note because I have somebody's email. But there have been times that I have searched everywhere and cannot find somebody's address, even going to the county auditor's website to see if they own property anywhere. You know, and and so I I agree with you. Handwritten notes I still think are the best way to communicate and to show you are willing to do the go the extra steps. But if you don't have an address, there are other ways. Well for for much of the crowd we're talking to, you know, Bath and Body Works will probably always have an address, right? I mean, some mm-hmm. of the, the bigger employers, they'll always have an address. But you're right, there are solopreneurs out there that just, you know, it's... And often websites don't have addresses. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. Exactly. So, yep. Some, some tips. I got 10. Okay, you go for it. I wrote them down. Uh, this is my 10 cardinal rules of networking, and I think Frank gave me seven of them. Okay. <laughs> Number one, it takes patience. Two, it's a learned skill. Number three, you have to believe in the process. Number four, you have to be strategic. Number five, it requires a diversified plan. In other words, a lot of different types of networking events. Uh, Do it with courtesy. Think creatively. And the first and second rule of networking is give first and then give back and show integrity and reliability. And number 10, which is the most important, and a lot of people, some people are very good at this, is 
make it easy for people to help you. Know what you want. So I, we, we, I have a, a, a friend who has been out of work a couple times over the past few years, and I'll always get this call from Scott, Ken, can you meet with me? And I says, yeah. So he's got an Excel spreadsheet. And he's got all the companies that he wants to work for. And he's got the names of the people in that, in that company who can hire him. He says, Ken, do you know any of these people? And I'll say, yeah, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one. He says, that's enough. Three would be enough. He says, can you introduce me? Not recommend me, because introduction and recommend are two big differences. He says, can you introduce me? I said, I'll do that. But he, uh, that, that took about you know, 10, 15 minutes, and he knew exactly what he wanted me to do, and it was easy for me to help him. Do you, have you run into, mm. like, can you find me a job versus can you find me, can you tell me where I, or. Who do you know? Do you know this person? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Big yeah, I generally have people coming to me saying, hey, I'm, you know, um, I've lost my job and everybody says I need to talk to you. Yeah, they yeah. do. Well, and I just, I say, listen, I don't have a Greyhound bus traveling the city that's, <laughs> come pick up Ed, he needs a job, you know. And I always tell people, I don't, you know, I look at networking like golf, right? Golf yeah. is not about hitting a ball 400 yards and dropping it in a hole. Golf's about hitting the ball, you know, 100 yards at a time. Move it, know, move it forward. Move it forward, just move <laughs> it forward. Um, every, every shot's going to get you a little closer. Um, and that's how people need to look at networking. And so I'll tell people who come to me, listen, I don't necessarily know people who are hiring, but I know people who know people. And that'll be my introduction, my help to you. Um, and uh, occasionally, occasionally there's, you know, somebody's looking. I just ran into somebody, but it doesn't, it doesn't uh, happen that serendipitously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think we've hit as many words of wisdom as we can, but if you have any last words of wisdom. My, the, I get to ask this question all the time. You know, Frank, if people could do one thing, yes. one thing, what would you have them do? And my response is volunteer. Find something you love to do, something you're passionate about, and get out there and volunteer because you're going to find yourself elbow to elbow who care about the same thing you do. You don't have to come flying in and saying I'm unemployed or anything like that. All that stuff will come out or this is my business, um, but they're going to know that you care about something other than yourself. But the people who see you volunteering, who have no interest in what you're doing, oh, it's a pet charity, I could care less. But they know just by virtue of the fact that you're giving your time that you're a good person. Um, and I just think getting out and you know doing that and just it, it's probably good. Well, it is good for the soul just to kind of get out there and, and give mentally get out of your own yes. headspace. Yes. See a larger world. Yeah. Well, we talked. You were talking about the executive who's stuck in his basement. Right. What he what he needed was just to be out there. Um, well, I remember early on when I had a law practice, I had a client who wasn't going to pay me five hundred bucks. It was very clear. I was beside myself. Right. I was just so dejected. Not, it wasn't a game changer, but it just bothered me that somebody would have that little integrity. And I remember going to a network meeting. Like, well, you okay, Frank? What's happening? Yeah, somebody's not paying me. Oh, that happened to me last week. At that moment, I realized, you know what? That you know, the network can help you just kind of get through these little moments. You know what? Everybody has this. Yeah. This is business. It's going to happen again. So your guy, you know, getting out and finding out that yeah, you know, being let go in this day and age. I don't want to call it a badge of honor. But it's not that badge of shame that it once was. Right. Very much. Right. Very much. Right. Yeah. Any last words of wisdom? I tell everybody to call Frank. Okay. <laughs> we'll put Frank's number on our resources. There you go. There you go. Well, many thanks to our networking experts, Ken Lazar from Ability Professional Network and Frank Egan from Amspirit Business Connections for joining us. Uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. And don't forget to check out our show notes on the website for contact information. The resources we mentioned, we'll have it all collected together. Um, You can also find all of this information on the website at lookingforwardourway.com. And we're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this or any of our other podcast episodes.